Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Hi, you're listening to Rag Space Time with me, Select Ruprell, on Soho Radio. And a very good morning to all of you. You were listening to the brilliant Shahid Parvez on sitar, and that was the beautiful Rag Yaman. A very special show we have for you, because in just over an hour, I'll be getting the thoughts of singer-songwriter Nikki Wells, who will be sharing her latest projects, telling us about her journey in music, and also some useful tips for anyone thinking about starting a career as an artist. That's all to come later, and now some more sitar. Chill out fever with Nilandri Kumar. Now, for those many who won't know what a rag actually is, broadly, it's an emotion or feeling brought about by the way in which notes of a scale are put together in certain combinations or phrases. Confused? Well, don't worry. It only takes about 20 years to master a few. Anyway, so these rags uh, normally have some history behind them. And this one is known as Malkons. And it was said to be created by the goddess Parvati, Shiva's consort, who sought to calm his rage. It's therefore meditative and quite reflective in its nature. It's a pentatonic, meaning it contains five notes. So you, you kind of have to improvise within only the structure of those five notes. Uh, here comes a rendition of the rag by Hari Prasad Chonasya on Bansuri, and that's the Indian bamboo flute. Now, I think you'll agree that fusion is about the meeting of two or more musical cultures. They're normally already kind of steeped in their own history. And it's become, to be fair, such a dirty word in more recent years as much of it has become kind of for fusion's sake. But I think where fusion does work is not only where one has respect for the other's art, but also seeks to understand it. I mean, it requires so much more than musical knowledge or, or being a great artist. It's really more about empathy, being able to put yourself in the other person's shoes. And I think Prem Joshua has managed in his own way to create some really lovely fusion material. This is his track bowl. And after that, I'll be talking to the lovely and excellent Nikki Wells. So don't go too far. Now we can safely say that Nikki Wells is a truly global singer. Absolutely wonderful vocal technique. She can sing in virtually any culture, folk, 
French trip-hop, deep gospel, jazz, choral vocals, Indian classical, Arabic. And she and her music are deeply spiritual. Nikki, it gives me immense pleasure to have you on with us, sharing your thoughts on all things music here on Rag Space Time. Hi, Saul. Thanks so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here with you on Soho Radio. So at what point did you realise that you wanted to be a musician? Was there a specific moment that you felt music would be a career for you? Yeah, do you know, I think I think there was. When I was um, around 12, I remember um, a moment of my whole family sitting around the dinner table and my dad asked us, you know, the big question, what do you want to be when you're older? And without any hesitation, I just knew that I wanted to be a singer. Um, I had already started writing some songs when I was around 11 and I had this book, which was my do not touch uh, fiercely protective over this book, which was like my diary entries, really. But I had written my first songs in there. And so, yeah, I, I knew from around 12 that I wanted to be uh, a singer and uh, a songwriter specifically. You were born in the UK, but grew up spending time in Italy, India, Australia, as well as Scotland before you turned 18. So obviously a very diverse upbringing. How did that impact and influence your music growing up? Yeah, it certainly did have an impact. Um, I was around three when uh, I lived in Italy in a rural farm outside of Rome. And then around six years old when uh, I lived in India. And uh, that was in uh, Himachal Pradesh at the foothills of the Himalayas. So quite an extraordinary place um, to grow up for some time in Dharamshala. And uh, yeah, I mean, just... uh, listening to the various um, sounds of the environment, you know, from the dialects, the various dialects. And uh, I have very vivid memories, especially from my time living in India. And um, I think, you know, at those ages, from, you know, three to six to ten, children are very malleable and very adaptable, like sponges to absorb their environment so you know everything from the smells to the the light you know of the of the sun at certain times of the day um you know the the sounds the senses all have such a massive impact um and we're all a product of our nature and nurture and and i think our environment definitely can uh, unconsciously or consciously um be kind of threaded into the tapestry of how we see the world and and so yeah in terms of music um when I listened to Indian classical music growing up that had a massive made a massive impression on me and um and so picking it up later on in my life it wasn't a very hard thing to do because it was already kind of part of my own upbringing or culture in a way. At this moment in time the world seems so divided Coronavirus has led to increased levels of stress and anxiety amongst many people. And even more recently, the debate about the treatment of minorities in Western society has been brought to the forefront in the wake of that horrifying incident in Minneapolis that we've now become so aware of. Nikki, how can your music act as a source of unity in what many people regard as troubled times? Well, well, I can only hope that uh, it has some impact or resonates with someone out there. Um... You know, I I think uh, music is obviously such a powerful, probably 
to me, the most powerful medium of self-expression um, in the way that it can just, you know, penetrate straight to a heart. And um, I would certainly hope that something that I could create could resonate with someone and give them a sense of peace and um, integration and hope um, as well. You know, these are extraordinary times and I think it's important to be part of it um, in every way. And uh, so definitely even my, my music that I'm writing now is uh, seems a lot more conscious in terms of what's happening with the times um, and I think we all um, have, as, as creatives, we all have a certain responsibility to be part of the conversation in a way that is helpful and, and gives a, a, positive, uh, a positive message in the world. It's easy to understand from your personal choice of music, especially your last album on Meditative Slot, that you have spiritual convictions. How does music help you to connect at a deeper level? And is your music an external expression of what you're feeling within yourself? Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting question. Um, I think everything we listen to and everything we read and everything we watch, we become or we are. Uh, so, you know, the kind of music we listen to has such an influence on us, um, especially, you know, as a young person, as a teenager, what you're listening to, it, it really impacts not only how you see the world, but perhaps what you wear, how you think. So I think definitely um, music has that power to to really make an impact. So if, if you're even listening to, um, say, if you're listening to Metallica, the way in which you look at the world will have that kind of edge and you might be walking down the street and you might be feeling that kind of edge that the music is... Uh, expressing and then if you listen to classical music or jazz or Indian classical music which is inherently very um, spiritual and meditative so um, the album that I did which I released um, last December um, I collaborated with the charity Mind and that was very much about giving people um, musical medicine as it were to to get and delve into a, a meditative state because shlokas, um, which are Sanskrit hymns, um, very ancient, I mean, they're thousands of years old, they they have a certain powerful effect that helps to induce a meditative state. Um, and so that music in particular uh, encourages a meditative temperament, which I think at this particular time is very welcomed and uh, seems to be very necessary. With my debut record, um, Ocean, under my pseudonym Turia, that was a very different uh, record, and it was more uh, my my songwriting um, diary entries, if you will. And uh, it comes more from an emotional place um, rather than a meditative place. Um, but yeah, definitely music is an outlet of your self-expression and wherever you are at at that particular time will um, influence the music that you're writing. So yeah, I mean, I would definitely say music and indeed all art are a kind of manifestation of one's own inner world. It has to come from some place within first. 
Now, I know you've performed at several great venues, including the Festival Hall, the Royal Opera House, Glastonbury. What was your favourite venue to play at and project? And, of course, why? Um, yeah, I, I remember last September playing at uh, the Royal Abbott Hall with Nitin Sawney, and that was such an incredible gig. It was a really incredible night, and uh, it was um, one of those rare gigs where you really feel connected with everyone in the room and the whole room at one point just stood up and it, it just felt it's such a huge venue but it felt so small in the sense that we were all connected in that moment uh, I thought that was a really special gig um, and it's a very special venue um, other venues that I've loved playing in the uh, Union Chapel I love that venue um, and then also I did a my own gig a Turia gig at uh, Wilton's Music Hall, which is really a really charming venue. I think it is one of the oldest venues in London, and it still maintains some of its early, the earliest decoration. It wasn't bombed at, um, during the war, basically, so it still retains some of its natural um, art. Other iconic venues like Ronnie Scott's, which you know is just so iconic to have people like Ella Fitzgerald have been on the same stage is is just amazing. Um, so yeah, it's been such an honour to play some incredible stages around the world. And yeah, in terms of projects, I feel again just so blessed and and lucky to have been involved in in so many um, musical projects that involve some of my favourite musicians around the world. Um, it's it's just an honour to to share the stage with some wonderful human beings. I mean, that to me. Is, is always such an honour. Now, as well as your music, it's nice to get your feelings on the practicalities of being an artist. And we know several musicians face constant battles with balancing performance schedules, with the need to practice, rehearse, record, stay healthy and <laughs> have a life. How hard has your musical journey been and what sort of advice can you give to a young person wanting to make music a career? Well, it's definitely a good question. Um, one definitely has to be quite multifaceted. Uh, in order to survive. Um, my career has been like a kind of hilly landscape and I think for a lot of creatives that's the case. Um, there are always, always mountains to climb and the mountain of music is an infinite one. You never get to a point where you think, oh yeah, I've made it. Um, and if you do, it's probably not the right attitude because you there's always more to grow and there's always more to become um so i think my advice to young people um wanting to pursue music is um be multifaceted do different things learn as much as possible put as many tools in your toolbox as possible that you will need to bring out at various times of your career uh listen be humble to learn, um, always have a thirst to learn. I don't think we ever get uh, to an age or to a point in our life where we don't think we need to learn anymore. I think this thirst and openness and receptivity to learn is just so important and crucial. Um, a lot of uh, what we what we do, we, we kind of learn on the job, as it were, um, and sometimes, you know, on the day of a gig, you know, so there has to be a certain amount of um, uh, openness and flexibility 
Um, and again, the more tools you have in your toolbox, the more you can whip them out um, when it's necessary um, to to be of service to whatever project you're part of. Um, if they're a singer, I would say listen to as many vocalists that you respect. You know, everyone from Aretha Franklin to Ella Fitzgerald to Nusrat Fatali Khan. You know, I mean, just be a student, I would say. Just constantly be a student and um, stay focused. Um, try to not get so involved with social media and all of the daily distractions we have. It's about blindsiding your um, vision to what exactly what you want to do and who you want to become. And we all know COVID-19 has put a stop to all live stage performances. But in many ways, it's also been a period of reflection and introspection for many artists to come up with new ideas and formulate new ways of engaging their audiences. What have you been focusing on and are there any upcoming projects for this year? Yeah, there are. Um, I've done quite a few live gigs and some um, Insta lives and things like that. Um, And then also did some Reddit concerts which were quite fun um but when lockdown started um I felt the need to be of service somehow there was a lot of anxiety and a real kind of buzz of um of the unknown and a lot of anxiety at that time so I started this series called Covid Calm where I wanted to create um little films um of music and and visuals that I shot um and compiled um visuals and music together to create um something that could um promote a sense of peace and wellness at this time so i released um around four videos so far about to release the fifth and just put them on my instagram and they're also available on bandcamp for um, purchasing for about a a quid, I think. Um, And so the purpose of them was just to essentially slow down the heart rate, really, and breathe. Um, And so I felt that's something that I've been doing in this time. Um, And as well as that, I'm actually writing and recording my second Turiya album. So that's really where my head has been at in the last few weeks. And so I'm really just going to be Uh, burying myself in a bit of a rabbit hole and becoming a bit of a hermit and and trying to create this this new music uh for my for my second Turiya album. Nikki it's been simply wonderful to have you with us sharing your thoughts on all things musical. Wish you all the best with Turiya too and just a short taste there today of how fulfilling and diverse a music career you've had so far and long may that continue. Oh, so thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to to talk to you today and thank you so much for having me. And you can enjoy Nikki Wells' latest projects by following her, of course, on Instagram. And here comes her track, Ocean, and it's where I was lucky enough to first hear her. Ocean, take me home. 